Welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie. This is part two where my guest continues to share their journey while living abroad, from starting up a business, changing careers, or finding themselves in a different country. I hope this part two inspires you all to find your path in a foreign country. Listen, laugh, and enjoy these stories that we give you while living abroad. Hi, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. Today's episode is episode five, part two of Maria Madsen's interview. If you haven't listened to the last episode, episode four with Maria, we talked about her life in Denmark and how she integrated in Denmark and how she is raising kids and all the culture shocks and also a lot of fun conversations that me and her had because we both kind of came from in California. She lived in Los Angeles. She lived in Arizona. So we kind of just had a lot of similarities when we moved here in Denmark. So it was really fun to talk to someone that had the same experience that I was having. So yeah, if you haven't listened to episode four, definitely go to episode four and listen to all our funny, yeah, just our conversation. It was a really great conversation about living in Denmark. So for today, this is part two of Maria's episode. And for part two is more focused on her business, her entrepreneurship, on why she started the business in Denmark. She started the business, a small toy company called 421 North, and she created really small, cute, plush toys for children. And I think it was a really cute idea and everything and actually saw her post it on Facebook and that's why I reached out to her and say hey I would love to learn more of your journey on my podcast you're international starting a business here in Denmark so I really want to learn more and also want listeners to know how it is starting a business in Denmark so that's why she's my guest and I'm really excited that she said yes to me and to talk about her journey and I really wish her the luck so here is part two of Maria's journey on starting up her toy company called 421 North toy company so here it is Thank you again, Maria, for coming back and finishing this episode, because now we are going to be talking about your toy company, which I'm really excited to get into every day that you meet someone that actually is wants to create toys for kids. So I really want to know your journey. I know you're just, we had the conversation and you're just starting off. And this is why I wanted to do this interview is just to see your journey and talk about how it is now and then maybe a year from now we can talk about it and how it's going to go from a year from now so it's more of the journey of you creating this toy company so before we get into the toy company what did you do before you moved to Denmark and what made you want to start this toy company Okay, I've always been a graphic designer. I graduated in 1995, so it's been many years. I worked with PetSmart in the US and I worked for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and I worked for some ad agencies and print shops, I mean, you name it. And when I moved to Denmark, my first job was at Vestas and it was back then, I don't know how it is right now, but back then they were eliminating groups of people every three months. It was a round of layoffs. So my whole department was laid off in after 18 months that I had been there. I had my daughter and then I couldn't get a job. 
I finally found a job after two years in Lego, and it was a maternity leave design. So I was there a year and left and had my son. And then I found this last job that was, it's a company that does souvenirs and yeah. the majority is stuffed animals. It was a B2B company and we will sell to zoos and aquariums all over Europe. So I started at this company as a graphic designer slash product designer. Even though I've always done graphic design, I've always had this side hobby, which is to make things for my kids. I always made playhouses out of fabric and whatever I could find. I made a playhouse for my daughter in a mechanic shop for my son where he could just play with his Hot Wheels. So I had kind of a portfolio in Facebook, just the things that I had done for them. And when I went to apply for this job, they had me show what I could do. And I said, I haven't done it professionally. Yeah. My background is in graphic design, but I know how to sew because in Mexico, mm -hmm. they teach you a trade career when you're in like mm -hmm. 10, 11 and 12 grade. You're supposed to learn something in case you don't go to university. So I took the fashion route. So it was three years of learning how to sew, how to make patterns and shout out to yeah. Socorro. She was our teacher and she was like, so much fun. Nowadays, I can see uh -huh. how much really we learn. We didn't know that we learned, but I learned a lot. So I put it into practice with this job that I found in three, four months of the year. It was just graphic design, creating their catalog and doing everything with marketing and everything they did. Yeah. The rest of the year was developing the products that will go into the catalog. So I had to sketch the different series of animals we had, sketch them, and then work with our vendors to create prototypes, and then revise the prototypes, and then order them. When they will get here, I will also be part of the quality control sometimes, and then putting them in the catalog and sell. The majority of it had to be very mm -hmm. natural looking because they go to zoos. And here zoos are not so into fantasy, yeah. the products we see in the U.S. So they needed to be very natural. I kept thinking, oh, I would like to do some other things other, other than animals. So I agreed. My then bosses that yeah. will open up a side studio because I only work four days with them. So on Fridays, I will stay home. And then I said, I'm going to open up my own studio where I can slowly begin to design. And, you know, I was afraid of the whole different culture of the, how to do business here. I had no idea. So I thought like, surely I'm going to yeah. be doing slow steps, but learning how to get there. So that's why I thought Fridays, it will be my business day dedicated to my business. I agree with them that my products yeah. will not compete with them. I will do completely different things other than animals. And out of the necessity to create different products too, I thought, I can do more than just animals. There's so many things that you can do that are not animals. So that's why I decided to start my own company. And it's, I just, I registered yeah. as a product design studio. So I can design whatever I want and hopefully it grows and I can design different types of products, not just toys, but I started with two sets of baby rattles. Those are my two first products that I've 
the sign yeah, of producing. Yeah, that's so great that this journey took place at your old job to realize first you already know that you like making toys for your kids. It kind of took off from there, and it's nice that company that you're working for kind of supported it in a way, not really, but supported in the way where you can kind of do it side by side with them. Are you currently still working at that company or now you're just fully invested in the no. toy company? Can no. you let the audience know the name? And <laughs> Oh, yes. The name is 421 North and is an APS, which is a type of registration in, in Denmark. And it's a sole company. It's only me. I have my website, 421north.com. The story behind 421 North, it's yeah. because I grew up in Mexico. In the back of my parents' house, there was a trinket room. And there I would just go and do Barbie clothing and paint. And I would just dream that it was my studio, that it was a creative studio. And the address for my parents starts with 421 yeah. Luis Cortines, which is the name of the street. So I thought, well, this is actually my second studio because yes. I have owned a small studio before. Oh, that's actually a really good symbolism. North, south and north. That's really good. I was yeah. going to ask you, that was my next question. I was like, yeah. how did you find the name? Do you think it was difficult yeah. for you to transition to start your own a toy company or you needed a little bit of a push? Well, like I said, I just turned 47 and with every time I was job searching, it was more and more difficult to find a job because my competition now are like all these young kids coming out of school, university that can do not only graphic design, they can do social media animation. They're into SEO, they're into analytics and marketing. and I mean, they can everything because this is going to get harder and harder, but for some reason, graphic design also has suffered a lot because now there's so many tools online that you can use and you don't need a graphic designer. So I found this other area that I really like and I really enjoy designing stuffed animals and products. And I could see that the majority of things that I was designing that were selling really good. The last year that I worked there, I mm. left with you made 12 products, 11 products. Oh in the top 40 bestsellers. So we will design yeah. maybe 200, 150 products a year. But the top sellers were the ones that sold, mm -hmm. brought the most intake, not necessarily quantity, but 12, 11 of them of the top 40 were my designs. I started with like three and then it went up to six and then eight and then the last year were 11. So I thought, okay, they sell. So if I can just, do my own and kind of what I had to uh -huh. prove to myself in a way that my ideas could sell. So by working there and seeing the thousands of production, the quantities that we order, I thought there's got to be a market for this other ideas I have in mind. So it wasn't difficult to transition because I saw I was in the progress of seeing that I could do it and that they were selling. So in a way, it was easy. What was hard was not having an official product design background. I didn't go to school to be, I don't know, an engineer. I don't know what, yeah. I don't even know what they call them, a product designer. But the fact that I could do the job and they will sell and the demand was high, 
gave me some trust in myself. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to what I learned in Mexico, which was making clothes, sewing things and putting things together and my hobby, my love for cute things for kids. I think it's been a perfect combination. And the fact that I also became a mom here, that's another big thing. If I had not had kids, I don't think all this creativity will have come up because I've learned so much from them. We had a series of snakes and each snake was different and each a snake had different colors and different features. So just get inspired yeah. of uh, my son's uh, behavior. So I would just create a snake that kind of looked like, <laughs> not looked like my son, but had the same humor as my son or like yeah. the feminine snake, like my daughter. They have helped me so much without knowing without me even knowing that they're part yeah, of the isn't it crazy thinking because I also felt when I had kids I think differently I'm more creative like I would never started a podcast for parents if I didn't have kids or even started a blog for things to do for parents if I didn't have kids because I didn't realize how difficult it is as an international mom looking for things to do with your kids in Denmark They yeah. give you such inspiration yeah. and they don't even know that they're giving you that inspiration or that push to move forward. And our everyday life really revolves around them in a way. <laughs> were there mates yeah. <laughs> besides that? Yeah, it does. Yeah, Shofa, what were your first steps starting the business? You already had the creative ideas and everything. What was your first step to actually make it happen for yourself? Well, for many months, I kept thinking, I should do this, I should do that. And then I would just yeah. throw it, file it in the back of my brain. And then I got a, a back notebook where I started writing until it got to be enough ideas and enough things that I had to sit down and draw. And I mean, I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. I'm used to design programs. So to sit and draw this, find an organizational business structure. That's like Chinese. I didn't know how, where to even start. So I just sat down on a piece of paper and started with different colors, pointing, like creating the brand and the sub brands and what will I do with it? And then somehow I ran across the business office Mm -hmm. of the middle of Jutland small businesses association where they started having coffees and where you can go in and just listen or ask questions if you had any. And I remember there was a lady that was a dentist and she finally bought her own building and she created her own clinic. So she shared how she did everything. And I remember it wasn't anything related to what I wanted to do, but I just talked to the lady that organized it and she was very friendly and she says, well, we're going to have some other ones come. Here's this contact and come the next Thursday. It's the, the right date. Then I showed up to the next Thursday and then they had a panel, five different offices. There was a trademark and patent registration guy that was representing that office. There was a lawyer and there was a coach and oh. there was an accountant. So there you get to have your five minutes and walk around and asking questions. So that's how I learned that I could, that it wasn't illegal to start a business. If you're working, you don't know Mm -hmm. all these things. You don't know what's legal and what's not. So I thought they're not going to think 
it's legal or they're going to see it as a backstabbing if I start my own thing while I'm working. And the lawyer said, no, you don't. I mean, you can also use the same vendors. There's nothing in your contract that says you should not do these things. So that's how I started. I started asking questions using the free resources. And then I had some contacts of the same vendors that we were using to produce the toys. So I could not order a prototype without Mm. opening an account to pay for the prototype. And I could not open an account without Uh. having a CVR number. So I was like, what do I do? So then I called the lady Uh from the business association and she pointed me to a website. And then the website was way too complicated because they said, Today, you can just register and open up your business. So I tried to... Was it in Danish? I couldn't. Like, it was way too complicated. Yeah. It was bilingual, so, but the terminology... Yeah. I'm used to design drawing, and they put me all these long words. I'm like, I can't. What if I do something wrong? So I just called the lawyer that I had met over there, and then he says, oh, we'll register for you, and they did, and they sent me a bill later, but... I kind of had peace of mind that it was done properly instead of me trying to click here and there. So at least that step, we got it and he registered my name and went through and that's how I started. Then I could open my account and then I could pay the vendor to send me a prototype. So that's how I started. I had to use my savings to start the company. And I had to make the decision of which product to develop first, considering price and the price for transportation. I don't have a warehouse, so they needed to be very small. They finally came in and I had to rent space. So I rented three cubic meters, which was just enough to put them in. But Mm -hmm. I didn't want to incur many more expensive of a warehouse if I'm only going to have a corner of products. So I had to keep in mind all these things before deciding what and how I will start. So it's a matter of linking, finding I asked them what comes first, the the chicken or the egg? Because it's like, what do I do? The account or the registration? Or so they said, you just start here and then everything Mm -hmm. will. That's really good that you had that support because I feel like a lot of people, not just internationals or just people that just want to start a business, are just so confused on where to start. Like you said, what goes first, the chicken or the egg? So it was nice that you actually found that association, that small business association that helped you. Was it that through the uh, the Aarhus commune or the commune that you live in? I live in Skanavo commune. Even the one in Aarhus, they have a more international mm-hmm. group of people that can help. But every, in yeah. every commune that you work, there's one. There's always activities and things that you can just go and visit and listen. And if you don't get anything they're saying, then just talk to one person or... Yeah. And also nice because I feel like in Denmark, it's encouraged to start a business. And it's so easy to start an APS. It's a little bit more different with the you can start one that's just like one kroner and it's just yourself. Then, okay. yeah, the hobby type. Yeah, the hobby type. There was one that misconception that you can just start yeah. it today and like not have yeah. anything. But they stopped doing that. They stopped that. Now it's not that easy. Now you have to have it switched. Yeah, it switched stable. a little bit. But it's nice to know that there is support for people that want to start a business. That there's lawyers there. There's people you could talk to and everything. So it's nice that you found that and able yeah. to kickstart your toy business. 
how long have you been yes. live? How long have you have been going? It's only been oh my two gosh weeks since I so put I up just, the website. I just emailed and, um, you when you literally just started and got inquiry. But now I, I'm running into a huge dilemma. I've run out of uh, abilities, I must say, <laughs> because I did everything from sketching to designing and creating the files and prototyping, production, quality really? control, the label, yeah. the packaging. I mean, everything I can now to sell. That's where I run into problems. My idea was to have a B2B kind of a studio mm-hmm. where I will just sell to boutiques. And, but since I had to leave my job suddenly in November, yeah, I'm in the middle of like, what do I do now? If it's, is it going to be just B2B or B2C? Because I put them on a website in the process of developing a marketing plan and a more organized step-by-step guide. I just got a grant from another office. I think it's closing now, but there's a group of grants mm-hmm. that they're being giving to small businesses. So I'm going to use that grant to create the marketing plan. I've always worked with yeah. marketers, but I don't know how to make it. So, so there. But you're um, also a one a band, professional help me a with. Ma- one man show. You're developing everything, building it, starting from scratch. And now you're like, okay, I have everything I've dreamt of. And now I need to get it out. It's nice that you are going to hire someone to do yeah. it and help you with that because the product yes. out to the public and also get the name known for you to be able to sell. How did you find the grant place, these small business association? Did you just Google startup business or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually gotten two grants. I got one grant last summer for trademark and registration because through experience with my other job, that we've had where I went yeah. to a toy expo in, in Germany and found some of our products on sale there without, I was still working on the prototypes oh. when they were already being sold there. So I thought I really need to find out what needs to be done with as far as trademark and registration. So started looking into that and all of a sudden I run into the European trademark and registration page and there was a grant available and all you needed was to click here and apply. So one, two, three, and I applied somehow. I thought they're not going to give me anything. It's like, I have no idea how to look for this grants. And I thought it was, yeah. there's some people that are dedicated to that, to do grant proposals and you have to hire someone to write a grant proposal. So I just submitted it and clicked here and there and submitted my business information. And then all of a sudden I get an email that says that I was accepted. So they gave me, I think it was about 800 euros for trademark and registration of, it's only a part. I mean, you, you still have to pay the rest, but it was a little bit of help to pay for the trademark of the name and yeah. the registration That's of really uh, nice. the products. Yeah. So, and it's nice to know yeah. that now you have the experience of trademarking because anyone can take that product and call it their own. So that's actually good that you have that experience and you've learned from it to, to claim the product yeah. and also your name. Do you think it was a uh, scary yes. for you to start the business, especially in a, a foreign country? Uh, no, I don't see it that way. It wasn't scary because I wasn't jumping. It wasn't my only job and my only provider. I yeah. had a full-time job and this was a side business. 
now it's going to get scary when things really have to get going in the month of June, I believe, when I'm still looking for another job because of, I don't know if you know, all the complications yes. with the ACAS. And so there's when you have a company registered, yeah. you lose some benefits. So I have to have a job in order to continue having this insurance and using in the future. Or if I have to close my business, yeah, then you're I can kind of in the middle using the insurance. So it's very complicated. And I don't think I'm going to close it in six months, but something needs mm-hmm. to happen. I mean, I need to move fast and, and I don't know how fast it's going to move. So that's the uncertainty right now. It Just doesn't do help it. me to write, stress. Write your marketing and sales <laughs> so, proposal, like you mentioned no. earlier. Yeah. So I think. Whatever happens is going to happen. I have to trust God that things are going to move along. And I have an illness that if I get too yeah. stressed, then I go we don't partially blind for like months. So it's not going like to help no, your business move no, along. No, no, not at all. Now I run into actually an American from Americans in Denmark. She told me about this other grant and I also thought they're running out of money. I'm going to come last minute and then they're going to tell me, oh, there's no more money. But I still went ahead and wrote yeah. it again just with my own words. And I started in Danish and then I'm like, I can't continue in Danish. So I switched to English. Yeah. So don't they just, approve me. It means that your business needs to, <laughs> so, yeah. it's going to happen because I feel like everything is falling in line for you with the grants. It's just falling in line. So it just gives you more motivation to move forward. I trust that God will put people in my way. If I don't know, I ask. And if they don't have an answer, then I ask somebody else. I come to the point where I can't pretend I know and I can't do everything. No, I'm also taking a social media course because I started trying to put ads in, in Instagram and Facebook and I don't know what I'm doing. I was just using money and there's got to be a way to find out where to put the money best. So now I'm doing I'm Yeah, that's good that right you're for six weeks, also so. investing in yourself to so learn, yeah, you know, social media and social media is the whole new marketing beast. Once yeah. you get it, you get it, but it's a black whole for money if you don't know how to do it yeah i kept just seeing the figures come in that they keep pulling money from my credit card i was like how many sales there's no sales so where is that money going so i just stopped I'm yeah that's more going out than coming in <laughs> can you tell the audience if they want to start a toy business but just in general a business that they're passionate about is it good to start as a hobby first or kind of like dive all in or just any tips on anyone that's just thinking of starting a business here in Denmark, especially as an international? Well, I don't think it's that scary. It might be intimidating because it's the Mm -hmm. Danes is another way of working. It's another language and you're an outsider. But there is a big international community that looks for a type of cake that it's not available at the bakery Mm. or a type of party decorations that are not available anywhere and more and more internationals come and I also think there's some a sector of Danes that are interested in other things some that have traveled and have seen other cultures they come home and they're a bit more open to trying different things so I think if it's something that you like and you're happy and you get a satisfaction from doing it that's already a big win. I mean, there's so many 
business or work type that is just done for the sake of doing it because it needs to be done. But if you have a passion for it, then you're already ahead. I think it's having the will and the passion to do something. It's a big, big winner. I think it brings yeah. meaning. If you're not passionate about whatever you're making or creating, I think that's difficult to move forward and push that out to, especially in Denmark. Do you think language is a big factor? Do you think a person needs to know Danish in order to start a business here in Denmark? So it depends what kind of business it is. If it's, of course, yeah. a clinic, a medical business, you have to. <laughs> But you can also think internationally. Don't focus only on Denmark. And nowadays, it's so easy to move beyond frontiers. If you think about the whole European Union, there's so many languages, there's so many cultures, so many possibilities that if you try not to only focus on Denmark, then the doors open and then you can Yeah, I think a lot of people are bigger. scared to start anything in Denmark because of the language. But When you live here longer, you notice that, wow, everyone actually speaks English here and I can understand English. So it takes a couple of years to yeah. get used to it. But now you're like, okay, you can get by with English here, to either yeah. business-wise or I know some internationals. Yeah, I don't even learn Danish because everyone just speaks English to me. So there's no point of speaking Danish. Yeah, it depends on where you live. If you come out, out of the big cities, mm -hmm. then even though they know it, They're not used to speaking English. My neighbors, they know it and they use it when they travel, but they don't use it in their daily lives. So unless they're yeah. forced to or they need to, but you have to think their first language is yeah. Danish. And then they're fluent in it or first. They just it's easier for them to understand it. Who is your biggest inspiration that gave you the motivation to take this entrepreneur journey in Denmark? I don't have a role model, but... When I've been to toy fairs and expos and I get really inspired and I see. So when you go out and see what others do and then that they sell and if I could do that, then it could sell. So it gets me inspired to do also the, see the possibilities. Also the lifestyle and the design choices here in Europe are different from America. So going out, getting inspiration mm. from expos has helped me a lot because then I can see, okay, what's possible and what's not. But to start my business, I think one, it's been the necessity also because of what I was saying that it's been yeah. difficult for as a designer, as a graphic designer to get a job and I'm only getting older and the chances are getting lower. So I thought I need to find a, a plan B. So my plan B, I'm lucky that it still has to do with design. I'm lucky that I didn't have to change my career when I came here. But when I had kids and having them and listening to them and seeing their choices and toys and just the themes they choose and the things they talk about, I think that yeah. is always a constant inspiration. So it's been the need to, to create something of my own and hopefully I can continue with it for many years. And they have been my the, inspiration. The kids I always think. take a big role on, I think, any parent and you never realize that until you have kids. <laughs> Some tips for the audience that want to start a business from scratch or just even sell one or two things. I yeah. don't think I'm, I'm there yet to do give any tips, but But just 
I read somewhere, there's not a perfect plan traced where they say, start, take this step, and then that one, and that one, and then everything's going to be fine. You have to start somewhere and then move and trial and test and see what works and what. This is like my second business. I think I, I tried to open a business when I first got here, and it was it completely bombed because I didn't know the market. I didn't know the language. I thought it was a doggy yeah. cake business. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy cakes for dogs here, but I wanted to do that. And I created my own website and, and yeah. then I got a job right away. So I just stopped it. Uh-huh. But I mean, you learn from everything. I think if you have the desire and the wish, just try it and do it. And there's nothing wrong with trying and seeing if your ideas work and if it's meant yeah. to be. And it's a really great tip for anyone just to start because like you said, your first one failed, but you learned so much from it. And now we're on to the next and see where this one leads you. So thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I feel like we can keep talking. You are very busy. You have to write your marketing and sales proposal for your toy company. So I don't want to take up any more of your time. Before we do end this, can you please tell the audience, kid-friendly place that you usually take your kids to? Because I, I do want to share it on my blogging for parents trying to find things to do for their kids. Moving here into a new country, it's not easy. When you Google kid-friendly thing to do with kids, it's usually go to the library or, you know, is there any uh, secret places or any a good place that you think parents should take their kids to? Especially live in Scanabor. So I've never really interviewed anyone from Scanabor. Yeah, I live in Galton outside of Aarhus. But so... yeah. It's because my kids love it. McDonald's. Yeah. That's our first stop. Okay. So you already have that on your list. But yeah. there's Leo's Island. That's more for like, yeah. Because I can just sit and let them loose and they just go and disappear. And then as long as you can work and, and block the sound and the noise, it's a very peaceful place because they're out playing and you know they're safe. But there's another place. It's more of a travel, short distance weekend travel. It's in. Weissenhauser, okay, which is in Germany. It's a place where you can rent an apartment, hotel room, but there's so many activities for the kids. We've done even some summers. We don't travel. We haven't been able to travel far. So we just rent one or two weeks there in Weissenhauser. There's like a small aquarium type of place. They have like salamanders and, and spiders and some fish and some small animals. And then there's like the monkey bars area with like all kinds of, it's indoor playgrounds. And then there's a beach. And then, so Weissenhauser is a really, really cool place for kids. I mean, they feel like they go on a long vacation. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And this is why I created this website is because these things, yeah, you can find it probably in the website, but you have to localize the language. These are like why I created this website is because locals know where all the good places are. And as an international parent, when you arrive somewhere, it's like you won't even know uh, half the places there, except the tourist places, of course. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I will have that on my website uh, with the links. And also I'll have all your links for your Instagram and also your website so people can actually go in there 
and check it out and all your information on where to get the toys and also be showcased on my Instagram and all my social media, the toys that you have uh, for sale for anyone to buy. Yes. It's a good start so far. Thank you so yes. much. And Thank you very much. Um, we will have another conversation a year from now and see where you're at. Thank you again. Yes, hopefully. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for doing that. Bye-bye. <laughs> what do you guys think about Maria's story on starting her toy company, 421 North? I thought it was really incredible that she started in a company as a graphic designer and her skills have evolved. She learned trade, actually the trade she's learned when she was in Mexico. So we mentioned on the podcast, something we learned when we were so young that we would utilize in the future. I thought that was really, really great to know and learn that something that she learned when she was younger, she's now using and she enjoys and she's trying to create a business out of it. And also how she found a company through the commune of Scanabor that would help her get her business started with the lawyer and everything. So it's nice in every commune, there's someone there to help you get your startup going. Thank you, Maria, for sharing your journey. And I really look forward to learning more a year from now where you're at and how you're doing and all that stuff. And I think it's really great. I wish you the best of luck 